We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 510 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, February 17th, 2023. Well, we're waiting. (laughs) We are waiting and anticipating the commanders announcing the hiring of Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator. Hey, let's go already, huh? Uh, I am happy to say that it does appear that this is happening, that they are hiring him as offensive coordinator. The commanders on Thursday morning officially announced that they, on Thursday, were interviewing Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Biennemi for the Commanders offensive coordinator job. And Biennemi and the commanders reportedly were to continue meeting on Friday. That would seem to be a good sign, but nothing is official. Not yet. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. What was, as of a very early Friday morning, the number 68 podcast in the country on Apple Podcasts in the U.S. football category. And of all of the thousands and thousands of podcasts in the country, this bad boy is number 68 on Apple Podcasts in the U.S. football category. That is because of you, so thank you. Uh, as the great Tom Petty said many years ago, the waiting is the hardest part. I want the commanders to hire Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. I know that many of you want the commanders to hire Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. Next segment, I'll take you through the very latest on the Bieniemy pursuit, and then we're going to chat with someone who's going to tell us a whole lot about Eric Bieniemy, Cody Tapp, co-host of Cody and Gold on 610 Sports in Kansas City. We will tap Cody Tapp for intel on Eric Bieniemy. We will separate fact from fiction with Bieniemy. What is the truth about him and play calling with the Chiefs? How much credit does he deserve for the Chiefs' great offensive production over the last five seasons. Why truly hasn't he gotten 
an NFL head coaching job, would the enemy run a running game oriented offense or a passing game oriented offense for the commanders? All of that and a lot more on Eric the enemy with Cody Tapp next segment. Also on the show, a wild night on Thursday night. What a win for Maryland. You can bet your bottom dollar that we will be talking Terrapins basketball. The Terps, a 68-54 win over number three, Purdue, at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland, as fans stormed the court. Yes, we had a court storming on what was a glorious night for Maryland basketball in a season that is a complete 180 from the dreck of a season that the Terps had last season. Uh, We have a terrific comeback win for the Wizards to discuss. The Wiz in their final game before the NBA All-Star break, a 114-106 victory at the Minnesota Timberwolves on Thursday night. The Wizards overcame a 20-point first quarter deficit, an 18-point third quarter deficit, and an 11-point fourth quarter deficit as Bradley Beal was tremendous. Hey, who says that old Bradley ain't worth 50 plus million dollars per season. Uh, And I will talk Capitals. Unfortunately for the Caps, uh, they did not have a good night on Thursday night. A 6-3 loss to the Florida Panthers at Capital One Arena in a key loss from a standing standpoint. Uh, The Caps now have lost three consecutive games in regulation for the first time in this 2022-2023 NHL regular season. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. A tweet from Daz on Commander's co-owner and co-CEO, Dan Snyder, writes Daz, listening from the UK, has Dan gone yet? <laughs> uh, thank you for the email, Daz. Uh, the answer, as far as we know, is not yet, but uh, stay tuned. You know, we on Thursday morning did have this uh, via Twitter from Fox Business Network senior correspondent and New York Post columnist Charles Gasparino, who has had some intel on the sale of the commander's quote, word from owners who attended last week's Super Bowl was that if Jeff Bezos wants to buy the commanders. The team is his, just given how the math works. If the price is $7 billion, league requires 30% cash. Not a lot of potential bidders have that. More bidders, in addition to Josh Harris of Harris Blitzer, will be kicking the tires in the coming days, I am told. Again, word from owners is that they see Bezos sitting out initial rounds and then topping the bids and pricing the field out. Story developing, end quote. Yeah, the belief has been that the commanders are Amazon founder Jeff Bezos is if he wants the team. The question is, how much does he want the team? Because he might be thinking to just wait until the Seattle Seahawks are sold in order to become an NFL owner. Tweet from Rick Proctor on Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson, who I have said the commanders should be open to taking in the 2023 NFL draft if he falls to their number 16 overall pick or if he falls reasonably close to that number 16 overall pick. Writes Rick, no disrespect to you, Richardson sucks. (laughs) He would not be NFL ready for two to three years. Hashtag a wasted number one. And then writes Rick in another tweet, Al, the whole quarterback discussion of upside reminds me of us as young college men admiring hot chicks and thinking what if the reality is no chance, bro. As my female platonic business partner told me for nearly 25 years, Rock, you're a five to a six and a half, but you keep trying to get eights, nines, and tens. Hashtag ain't happening. 
<laughs> Thank you for the tweets, Rick, a.k.a. Rock. Uh, and I won't ask why they call you Rock. Listen, one of the many sayings on this podcast is success belongs to the bold. Okay? Success belongs to the bold. In order to achieve big, you got to think big and you got to act big. I'm not saying that the commanders absolutely should draft Anthony Richardson. There's still a lot about him that we don't know. What kind of a guy is he? Does he truly love football? Is he a hard worker? If the answers to those questions are all in the negative, then no, you don't spend a first round pick on Richardson to say nothing of trading up to take him because yeah, he isn't a sure thing as an NFL quarterback. He does have a lot of work to do, but If Richardson in pre-draft interviews and pre-draft research comes off as a good guy and as someone who loves football and as a hard worker, then yeah, the commanders as a franchise quarterback needy team should be open to taking Richardson or even trading up to take Richardson because his upside is immense. Nothing matters more than quarterback. And if you have a reasonable shot at a guy who could become a superstar quarterback, you are crazy not to be open to trying to get him. You know, Josh Allen was viewed in a similar way to how Anthony Richardson is being viewed. Josh Allen was viewed as a guy with great upside, but also as a guy who had a lot of work to do. Uh, Well, we see how he has turned out for the Buffalo Bills. And that doesn't mean anything for Anthony Richardson, but I think that that is an important case study to keep in mind. Email from Gene in Manassas, Virginia, with an outside-the-box idea for our commanders with their offensive and defensive coordinators, writes Gene. Dear Al, still following every episode. Here's a thought. Our coordinators this past season seem to start each game with a good plan, but then be slow to adjust to opponents' adjustments. I'd like to have a defensive specialist who doesn't know the game plan telling our offensive coordinator the tendencies and weaknesses that the offense is showing during a game, and then have our offensive coordinator use that information to adjust in-game. Such a setup might have led to Scott Turner starting the second half against Cleveland with a play-action pass instead of two one-yard runs. I'd like the same setup for Jack Del Rio with an offensive guy advising Jack on his defense. Uh, Thank you for the email, Gene. You know what? I don't hate the idea. Coaching staffs are supposed to self-scout, but the self-scouting usually isn't happening during games and doesn't even necessarily happen during game weeks. Uh, The self-scout is something that usually happens in earnest uh, during an NFL team's bye week. That is how we got one of my most favorite drops, Bill Callahan, during his time as the Redskins interim head coach in the 2019 season, going on and on and on and on about the self-scout that the Skins were going to be doing during their bye week go back into the self-scout coming off the self-scout so as we delve and take a deep dive into the self-scout yes thank you coach Callahan long live the self-scout I tell you for Bill Callahan the self-scout was like a spiritual experience but generally speaking there is more that NFL coaching staffs can do in terms of forward-thinking hires. I've always been a believer that an NFL coaching staff should have a designated clock management person. And I have to tell you, as much as I despise the Philadelphia Eagles, I respect the heck out of what they did with Vic Fangio. Uh, Did you read or hear about this? We, this past Sunday, prior to Super Bowl 57, had multiple reports that the Eagles quietly had signed Vic Fangio one of the most respected defensive minds in the NFL, 
to a two-week contract to help them prepare for Super Bowl 57. Uh, Now, the Miami Dolphins on Wednesday morning announced the hiring of Fangio as their defensive coordinator, but how about that innovative thinking, hiring someone like Fangio for two weeks to prepare for a big game? I thought that that was such a smart thing that the Eagles did, Uh, never mind that they did lose the game. Well, another smart thing is to go with the law firm of Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. Chris Nace and Matt Nace are dedicated trial attorneys who do not balk in the face of large insurance companies or well-known businesses that have had practices or products that are directly related to the root of your harm. Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. And this is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Yeah, you're obligated to nothing. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Schedule a no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, the deal isn't done until the deal is done, but it sure is looking and feeling like the deal is going to get done. It sure is looking like the commanders are hiring Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. The commanders on Thursday morning officially announced that they, on Thursday, were interviewing Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy for the commander's offensive coordinator job. The reporting has been that Bieniemy arrived in the Washington, D.C. area late Wednesday of the Chiefs' Super Bowl championship parade and rally on Wednesday afternoon. Then he had dinner with the commanders on Wednesday evening. Then he spent Thursday interviewing with the commanders, had dinner with the commanders on Thursday evening, and now the interview is continuing into Friday. Tweet on Thursday evening from Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post, quote, was told the commander's talks with Eric Bieniemy today were positive and they're expected to continue into Friday, end quote. Tweet on Thursday evening from Commander's Insider Ben Standig of The Athletic, quote, the commanders concluded their interview today with 
Chiefs OC Eric Bieniemy talks went well and will continue into tomorrow per source. Pack your patience. End quote. Eric Bieniemy is the eighth person who the commanders have interviewed for their offensive coordinator job. As far as we know, not a single one of the previous seven interviews extended into a third day. And so if you are like me and you want the commanders to hire Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator, this news that the interview is extending into a day three is very encouraging. Uh, this would not be happening if things were not progressing. This would not be happening if one of the two sides did not want a deal to happen. I would think things like the contract and the offensive staff are being worked on. And, you know, the staff part could be tricky. I would think that the enemy wants to bring some of his Chiefs offensive assistance to the commanders. So there may be some negotiating between the enemy and commanders head coach Rod Rivera going on in that regard. Speaking of commanders offensive assistance, by the way, multiple reports on Thursday evening that the Arizona Cardinals have requested permission to interview commanders receivers coach Drew Terrell for the Cardinals offensive coordinator vacancy. But what about Eric Bieniemy? What would the commanders have in him as their offensive coordinator? I'm very pleased to welcome to the Al Galdi podcast right now, a man who understands Bieniemy and his time as offensive coordinator of the Chiefs quite well, Cody Tapp, co-host of Cody and Gold on 610 Sports in Kansas City. You could follow Cody on Twitter at Cody B. Tapp. And TAP is spelled a T-A-P-P. Uh, hey, Cody, before we get to Eric Bieniemy, I got to tell you, as a Washington fan and someone who talks commanders for a living, I can only imagine what it's like being a Chiefs fan and talking about the Chiefs for a living. Eight consecutive playoff seasons. The team has reached the AFC Championship game in each of the last five seasons. The team over the last four seasons now has three AFC titles and two Super Bowl titles. What is it like, man? Can you give us an idea, a taste of the glory uh, that is a Chiefs kingdom right now? It's funny. We're understanding of the plight of Washington fans for a while because, you know, I was born in 84. So majority of your Chiefs fandom was they went to the playoffs and lost immediately or didn't get anything done or kept searching for some quarterback to fix their problems. It was never going to fix their problems. And then they drafted Pat Mahomes. And Andy Reid showed up. And, you know, and really since those times, really since Andy Reid showed up, playoffs every year, and then Patrick Mahomes showed up, and now it's AFC titles or Super Bowls every year. So it's pretty great, I'll be honest. And I think that it's a little bit different than even just being like a normal fan of a winning franchise. Let's say if you've just been like a Steelers fan for the last 30 years, where you know your team is relevant, you know your team's going to be relevant, you got a couple of titles here and there to spread them out to make you feel good. Right now in Kansas City, it's so pie in the sky that, I mean, you could tell me right now you'd lock in four Super Bowl titles from Mahomes, and I'd have to think about it. I'd be, I'd be hesitant to take four total for him just because you're feeling so good about where they are. <laughs> that sounds crazy, but that actually makes total sense. Uh, so Eric Bieniemy, five seasons as Chiefs offensive coordinator, 2018 through 2022. Those five seasons coincide precisely with Patrick Mahomes' time as a Chiefs starting quarterback. We get that the enemy has not been calling offensive plays for the Chiefs, at least not regularly. Head coach Andy Reid has been doing that. But what can you tell us about the extent to which the enemy has played a role in the Chiefs' great offensive success over the last five seasons? 
Sure. And Andy will tell you that he calls some of the plays because they do uh, they do a lot of collaborative things. And Eric, the enemy, is certainly a part of that. I think that's what his biggest role is. His job is to find advantages that this this grouping can take care of. So, like, you always think, like, oh, these super creative plays, those must be Andy Reid. Not always. So, like, the Rose Bowl parade play, which is something we know in Kansas City because it was a shifted motion play in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. That was Eric Bieniemy. He was the one who watched it. He was the one who said that they could take advantage of it and draw it up the way they wanted, and that was it. The motion play that got two wide-open touchdowns for Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony in the Super Bowl was also Eric Bieniemy. He spotted it on some tape of Doug Peterson running those kind of motion plays against them, against Jacksonville running against the Eagles this year. So he is kind of the spotter. I mean, I know he doesn't call the plays, but he is a big part of their offensive game planning, their offensive plan, all of those things. And he's a genius, and he's really smart, and he's always going to find some advantages to take there. But the enemy is a part of that. That's always the way I viewed him here in Kansas City. Is there any reason to think that Eric Bieniemy would not be good as an offensive play caller? No, there, look, there's no signs here. Like, you know, the that's kind of a feel thing. Um, but the one thing I've learned with Bieniemy is he's a little bit like Andy uh, in this second run of Andy, which is I don't think Eric Bieniemy is going to be afraid to delegate. To me, that's always usually the good sign of guy I'm not afraid of calling offensive plays. Like, I know Andy still holds on to that job, but Andy gave up being a general manager, and he gives up the defense pretty much to Steve Spagnolo. He chooses the things he thinks he can be successful at. And for Eric Bieniemy, there's no real reason to think he wouldn't be a creative play caller. I mean, he himself, like, so for instance, you're worried, like, oh, is he going to run too much? No. Eric Bieniemy pretty much rescinded his, uh, he joked that he has to rescind being a running back to huh. the rest of his old brethren <laughs> because he, he shifted to the model the Chiefs use, which is pass as much as any team in the league so like even he's admitting that i don't think he'd just go back and be like oh he's gonna be a ground and pound guy now i think he's been watching the church of andy reed he's gonna be a pass guy that's good that's a very good thing to hear uh with washington the deal for years has been that during a normal regular season game week the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator each speak to the media once a week via a post-practice press conference on thursday afternoon to what extent has Eric Bieniemy spoke into the Kansas City media, and what, if anything, has stood out to you in that regard? Uh, he speaks once a week, same. So he's available pretty much. Uh, there's been an evolution for him. Early on, he's a little more loose. He'd say ass or, you know, like whatever. He, he'd cuss a little bit more. Um, he's a little loose because he was, he was a bit more fiery when he was a young coach. Like he was the no-nonsense, you'd hear him on the practice field guy, like chewing a guy out, telling them what's what. He's changed a lot over the years where he's come more, in my opinion, like a head coach in that regard, where when he steps to the podium, he's a little more guarded about, you know, revealing something about what they're doing game plan wise or what they have in mind. He is. He's kind of, he can be kind of short. I don't think he's quite as good at the podium as some other coaches, but I don't know. In, in talking to him, he has a firm grasp of everything they're going to do. And he has, to me, his personality has changed a lot as he's taken more and more duties over. Like, when he first got the offensive coordinator job, still kind of a red ass. Then as time went on, you could see him being like, okay, I got to mentor and coach in a different way, and I got to handle these things differently. And you could kind of see him approach, I guess, his podium type that way. I, I like listening to him talk because he's a very optimistic guy. He's super positive. He always feels like good things are going to happen for this team. And honestly, right now, who could blame him? Because in his five years of being the offensive coordinator, he's been a top five offense every single one of those years. 
We're talking Eric Bieniemy with Cody Tapp, co-host of Cody and Gold on 610 Sports in Kansas City. Andy Reid has been the Chiefs head coach since January 2013. His Chiefs offensive coordinators prior to Eric Bieniemy were two guys who became NFL head coaches, Doug Peterson, who was the Chiefs offensive coordinator for the 2013 through 2015 seasons, and Matt Nagy, who was the Chiefs offensive coordinator for the 2016 and 2017 seasons. Anything jump out at you in any way in terms of the compare and contrast between the enemy and his two Chiefs offensive coordinator predecessors, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy? From a podium perspective, I'd probably tell you that Nagy or Peterson were a little more polished up there. I don't know. That, that doesn't matter to me. Like, I go back to, like, Nick Sirianni's press conference. People are like, oh, this guy's not going to work out. Or Dan Campbell. He's talking about, like, biting ankles and stuff. I mean, sometimes, at some point, your resume kind of has to speak for it. And to me, the, like, I think Eric Bieniemy is a very good, sound, technical offensive coordinator. Like, he knows the scheme. He knows how to execute it. The thing that stands out to me about Bieniemy that maybe didn't strike me right away from Maggie and didn't strike me right away from Peterson is, his players love him. Like, he is going to be the, like, to me, it's the Brian Dable the Giants just did. They'll, they'll fall on the sword for him. His players will love him because they love him now. Like, they're very, and I'm not saying that they didn't love Peterson, they didn't love Maggie. It just doesn't seem like the same amount. And maybe it's because he's been the offensive coordinator longer. I don't know. But, I mean, if you listen to anybody who's been with him this amount of time, they'll, they'll stand up for him under any circumstance. But I think people always think of Nagy and Peterson as being, I think Peterson's probably the best play, I think uh, Peterson's probably the best offensive play designer. He's probably closer to like exact, more like Andy Reid in that regard. I thought Nagy was kind of a mix of the both, and I think, you know, uh, Eric Beam is just as good of an offensive play call as Nagy, but he's got leadership skills from a head coaching standpoint. Interesting to hear you say, and good to hear you say, that Eric Bieniemy has related well to his Chiefs players. Uh, the now infamous Instagram comments from former NFL running back LaShawn McCoy about Eric Bieniemy. Quote, all Bieniemy does is argue with players, knows nothing about passing or play calling. And quote, uh, McCoy wrote this on Instagram this past September in response to a post regarding a tense exchange between the enemy and Patrick Mahomes. Now, McCoy played for the Chiefs for just one season, 2019, 13 regular season games. Was there any validity to what McCoy wrote, or was this just a disgruntled former Chiefs player sounding off? Yeah, McCoy's problem was he was getting plenty of time. He was playing just fine. He started fumbling, and then they and then they benched him. So, I mean, I, I you know, like it's hard because there's probably certainly a level of disgruntled. But I'm telling you, in the early going, I don't think LaShawn McCoy's crazy. He was kind of a red ass. I'm telling you, we stand there at training camp or stand there at practice, wherever we go, and you'd hear Eric Bieniemy getting after some guys. That's changed a lot over the years. I think he understands the closer and closer he gets to wanting to be head coach and turning into that guy. Because don't forget it, that is still absolutely nobody interviews for 16 NFL head coaching jobs and doesn't want one. So he wants to be a head coach. I think he's learned when he has to press those buttons and when he's not. It's also tough. Because when you're a coordinator and a player says that, that's the case. People don't read, like Andy Reid yells at players sometimes too. Andy Reid, like they always say players coach because he'll defend you no matter what in a podium. But Andy Reid can get after you too. I don't think that that's, I don't think that's crazy. I, I wouldn't worry about it now. You'd ask me five years ago if he's going to be a head coach, if that was going to be part of it, maybe. But I just feel like he's changed a lot. 
Yeah, so with the head coaching thing, as you know, there has been a lot out there about why Eric Bieniemy has not gotten an NFL head coaching job. I'm not trying to lead you down any particular path. I'm just curious, why do you think that he hasn't gotten an NFL head coaching job? So now I would tell you that it's like his uh, his star dimmed because that's the way it works. Lots of guys are thought of as being NFL head coaching candidates, and then if you wait two years and you don't get to be a head coach, uh, you're a star can fall. Like people thought Kellen Moore was going to be head coach. He might still be one day, but you know, like he had to go leave his offensive coordinator job to go be an offensive coordinator of somebody else because you know you have one down year or fall short of expectations once people kind of view it different. Or initially, I'll tell you right now, I thought it was race. Like, I, I know that people don't like hearing that because, like, no, they would never. It's an old boys club. I thought that that was the difference because, I mean, just look at the Eagles this year. Both their offensive and defensive coordinators are going to be plucked. They didn't win anything. Like, they, they, you know, they were successful. They had a lot of success, but not any more success than Eric Bieniemy had here. And it's not like he just took over for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, who had already established themselves. Eric Bieniemy was on the offensive coaching staff when they were making things work with Alex Smith. He was there for the first year of Patrick Mahomes and was working with him. It's just they want to credit those things to Mike Kafka and Doug Peterson, their former coaches, or their former quarterbacks, Matt Nagy, former quarter. They're all former quarterbacks, right? And so I think sometimes the former running back and the race stuff absolutely played a factor. I think it's less about that now and more about the, you know, after a while, people just find another person. Like Jonathan Gannon is a hot name. That's why he got the Cardinals name. Oh, look at what he did in one year in Philadelphia with what is one of the most talented defensive lines in the NFL, and you have your chance. Eric Bieniemy's best chance to be hired was that first or second year. When you get to year five as a head coach, that's when it starts becoming about like, hey, we're looking other directions. There's other young coordinators we're interested in. The Eric Bieniemy patrick Mahomes relationship, rocky at any point or mostly smooth sailing? No, I mean, look, they're both really, uh, they're guarded. Um, they're pretty protected. Mahomes wouldn't let that out, I don't think, even in his case, but I never got a sense of it. The only time, last offseason was the, the only time when I felt like there was even a whiff of like, oh, maybe Andy Reid and Eric the enemy aren't getting along. But it was one blog post, and it was never confirmed by anyone else, and nobody else who I talked to inside the organization or who covered the organization seemed to indicate that. So to me, their relationship seems great. I mean, Patrick will say it's great, but he's not going to say anything bad about anyone. So I guess be mindful of that. But uh, they seem like they have a really good relationship. I think it's hard because Kafka and Mahomes had a great relationship because Kafka was essentially in his back pocket from like the time that they started. And Eric Bieniemy had to worry about the team that was going to play that first year. So I think people always thought, are they going to have as good of a, as tight of a relationship? But I mean, he's been his offensive coordinator for five years. They've had, I think if they had trouble, let's put it this way. I think if they had trouble, They'd had more trouble doing the things they're doing, you know, being the kind of team they are. I don't think you just have like an offensive coordinator you hate and continue the level of success they've had. One more for you. Eric Bieniemy last offseason reportedly re-signed with the Chiefs via just a one-year contract. For the Commanders fan listening to this wondering, hey, if he's so good, why'd the Chiefs only re-sign him to a one-year deal? You say what? Sure. So first, um, just for like anybody who's like not around NFL teams or follows them closely, uh, one to two year contracts is pretty much what every coordinator signs. So it's actually kind of rare for like you don't give coordinators five year jobs. You give them one or two year job. That's why Eric Bieniemy is the, the I think it's the second longest tenured offensive coordinator in the entire NFL. That's why he's the second longest tenured NFL coordinator, because, you know, uh, you give them one or two year deals and then they move on. That happens so frequently. It's not uncommon. But they had a serious conversation. 
last year. This is why, you know, the whole Washington thing comes up or Baltimore, why I thought he was going to be gone at the end of the season was not because I thought that they had fallen apart, but because I think Eric Bieniemy was looking for a new challenge. Part of why they only signed the one year deal and it took him so long to sign it last year is because I think him and Andy really sat down and they were having a conversation about what's best for Eric Bieniemy. What's going to be best going forward for Eric Bieniemy. I don't think it was like a we're sick of each other. I think it's just, he still wants to be head coach, and as much as he shouldn't have to leave Kansas City to become that, he might have to leave Kansas City to become that, I think was the conversation they were having last year. So, uh, one or two-year contracts for coordinators, not that weird. We don't make a big deal that Spag signed a one-year deal two years ago either. He's still going to be the defensive coordinator next year. I think the timing just seems weird because it seems like every year there was a chance he was going to leave. Great stuff on Eric Bieniemy from Cody Tapp, co-host of Cody and Gold on 610 Sports in Kansas City. Cody, thanks a lot and all the best. Of course. Thanks so much. All right. Very good intel on Eric Bieniemy from Cody Tapp. If you have like 20 seconds, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. You can pass judgment on this podcast. You're always hearing me pass judgment on people in sports. Well, you can pass judgment on this podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. can be just a sentence or two. can be longer, but it does not have to be. Uh, the ratings and the reviews help out the podcast a lot. And so thank you for doing them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, as someone who went to Maryland, I can tell you that nothing was more frustrating about Mark Turgeon's tenure as Maryland basketball's head coach than his lack of high achievement. Included in that lack of high achievement was Turgeon as Terrapin's head coach in regular season games against Associated Press top 25 teams going just 19 and 41. Well, Kevin Willard, in his first season as Terps head coach in games against AP Top 25 teams, now is 4-3. Thursday night, a massive win. 
The Terps improved to 18 and 8 overall and 9 and 6 in the Big 10 with a 68-54 win over number 3 Purdue at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland. The Terps notched their first win over a team that was ranked in the top five of an Associated Press Top 25 poll since January 28, 2016, when the Terps defeated then number three, Iowa, 74-68 at Xfinity Center. Yet we on Thursday night had something with Maryland basketball that we had not had in more than seven years. Uh, Terps fans on Thursday night after the game did storm the court, and the court storm, very appropriately, came exactly 10 years to the day of another huge Terps home win, an 83-81 victory over then number two Duke. February 16th, 2013, in what was Duke's last appearance at Xfinity Center. Uh, What a job by the Turtles on Thursday night. Here was Kevin Willard during his postgame press conference on Thursday night. I I told the team this. uh, Grant Billmeyer and I were in early this morning watching film, and I said to to him, I said, there's no doubt we're going to win this game. I I had no doubt. Um, You know, these kids have these kids have worked extremely hard. Uh, when we have played bad, they they've had a great attitude. They've worked hard. They've brought it every day. Um, we had three good days of practice this week, so I knew it was, I knew we were going to win. This was not a surprise for me, but I think it was important for you know this is this is an unbelievable program. It's one of the best programs in the country. I think it's important for the fan base. I thought it was important for the students um, to kind of just understand what this you know what this program's really all about. And, you know, if you look, if you think about, you know, what went on last year, um, these poor kids dealing with COVID and all the BS with that, um, I think for the students, for the fan base, I think that was a great environment and a great moment. Yes, it was. You know, Maryland now is the number 16 team in the nation per KentPalm.com. One spot ahead of Virginia. If you could believe that, Virginia is number 17, even though Virginia is the number 7 team in the latest AP Top 25 poll. And Maryland isn't ranked in the latest AP Top 25 poll. The turnaround by the Terps in this win over Purdue on Thursday night was something. The Terps in the second half trailed by eight points at 37-29, then won the rest of the game 39-17. The Terps defense again was great. The Terps held Purdue to just 54 points, just a two of 13 on threes. The Terps out-rebounded Purdue 35-23, including having 10 offensive rebounds to produce three, and the Terps were efficient offensively. Not great, but good enough. The Terps went five of 11 on threes, 20 of 42 on twos, 13 of 16 on free throws, and had 14 assists versus eight turnovers. Some individual standouts for the Terps. Jameer Young led the way once again, 35 minutes as a starter, one of three on threes, five of 11 on twos, seven of seven on free throws. He finished with 20 points, five rebounds, four assists versus one turnover and two steals. He is having such a good season. Hakeem Hart, 37 minutes as a starter, two of four on threes, three of seven on twos, and one of one on free throws. He finished with 13 points, four rebounds, and three assists 
versus one turnover. We did have another mixed game for Julian Reese, 36 minutes as a starter, just 5 of 11 from the field, all twos, 0 of 2 on free throws, and no assists versus three turnovers, but Reese did have 10 points and nine rebounds. You can always tweet me at Al Galdi. Tweet from Justin Goldberg on Thursday night. Xfinity was electric. Statement win for Kevin Willard. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Justin. Yes, second consecutive sellout at the Xbox. You can always email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Michael King on Thursday night. Where do I start with the Terps? So fun that they are fun and relevant again. So nice to see the building full and rocking again and not resembling a morgue. I feel so happy for Willard and the players and we the fans. Things seemingly have turned around. Congrats to all of us. Turgeon, frankly, destroyed the program. He drove fans away. He made the building a tomb. He sucked all the energy away, removed all the life from the program, whined about it, and quit midseason. Very impressive how quickly Willard seems to have re-energized the whole thing. You remember, I was sure skeptical about the hiring of Willard. Asked if he was Turgeon Part 2. Sure glad to be wrong. The Terps are a lock for the NCAA tournament. Willard has worked a near miracle. Uh, Thank you for the email, Michael. Uh, I agree. Maryland at this point is a near lock the NCAA tournament. More from Kevin Willard from his post-game press conference on Thursday night. Locker room was awesome. Um, that was that was special. The locker room was awesome. Um, like I said, the stor- the court storming was for the for the for the students, for the fans. Um, the locker room was what it's all about. It was great. You know, I just I told him I was very proud of them. I told him that they earned it. They've worked hard. Um, you know, ten months ago, we put we put a roster together in a month, month and a half, and a lot of kids had to buy into what what we were, what our vision was for this program. Um, I knew where we would get, but you know, Jameer Young, had, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to finish his career, you know, playing in the NCAA tournament. And I told him, that, you know, if he comes and plays for me, that's what we're going to do. And so guys had to buy in, guys had to believe in what we were doing. So that moment for me was really special. Yeah, if you're a Terps fan, I don't know how you don't feel good about the hiring of Kevin Willard right now. Next up for Maryland at Nebraska, Sunday evening at 5. Well, the Wizards now are in the midst of the NBA All-Star break, and they went into the All-Star break on quite the high note, a major come-from-behind win on Thursday night. The Wizards improved to 28-30 and with a 114-106 win at the Minnesota Timberwolves on Thursday night. The Wizards in this game overcame a 20-point first-quarter deficit, an 18-point third-quarter deficit, and an 11-point fourth-quarter deficit. Not bad. Uh, The Wizards are playing better. They now have won 10 of their last 14 games, and you can break down the Wizards' regular season into three parts. A 10-7 start, then a stretch of 13 losses in 14 games, 
but now a stretch of 17 wins in 27 games. So the Wizards have gotten healthier, and they not so coincidentally have gotten better. I mean, the only player the Wizards on Thursday night uh, were without was Will Barton. Uh, He did not play due to continuing to not be with the team. His situation remains unresolved. ESPN NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, now two Thursdays ago, February 9th, reported that the Wizards were working on a contract buyout with Barton, but for whatever reason, the buyout still has not happened. Uh, Now, the Timberwolves on Thursday night were without Carl Anthony Towns due to a right calf strain. Uh, That has to be noted. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is a really good player, of course, but still, credit the Wizards. They, in the fourth quarter on Thursday night, were outstanding. The Wizards won the fourth quarter 38-19. Yes, the Wizards in the fourth quarter doubled up the Timberwolves. 38-19. The Wizards in the fourth quarter went 5 of 10 on threes, 10 of 14 on twos, and 3 of 3 on free throws, and held the Timberwolves to just 1 of 9 on threes, and just 5 of 16 on twos. And leading the way for the Wizards on Thursday night was Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal on Thursday night played like a Supermax contract player. I bring up (laughs) the contract a lot, and for good reason, but Beal on Thursday night did play like a guy worthy of his 50 plus million dollars per season. Beal in 34 minutes, 40 seconds as a starter, four of eight on threes, 10 of 20 on twos, and three of three on free throws. He finished with 35 points, six rebounds, five assists versus four turnovers, and three steals. But it wasn't just all of that. Bradley Beal on Thursday night was clutch. He, in that fourth quarter that the Wizards won 38-19, was great. He, in just eight minutes, 52 seconds of playing time in the fourth quarter, scored 17 points. He, in the fourth quarter, went two of four on threes, four of five on twos, and three of three on free throws. And he had two rebounds and two assists versus no turnovers. Honestly, this may have been Beal's best game of the season, and his performance came on a night on which both Kyle Kuzma and Chris Damps Porzingis were not good. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, in 34 minutes, 37 seconds as a starter, went just 4 of 13 on threes and just 2 of 8 on twos. Yeah, he went 6 of 21 from the field, and he had one assist versus four turnovers. He finished with 16 points and seven rebounds. And Chris Dabbs Porzingis in 31 minutes, 57 seconds as a starter, went just one of three on threes, just three of nine on twos, and just five of seven on free throws. He finished with just 14 points and just five rebounds. He did, though, have two steals, two blocks, and two assists versus no turnovers. But while Kuzma and Porzingis on Thursday night were not that good, the Wizards' bench on Thursday night was very good. Uh, Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. on Thursday night went with a short rotation, just nine players, but that approach ended up working. DeLon Wright, Denny Avdia, and Corey Kispert all were impressive off the bench. DeLon Wright, 29 minutes, 11 seconds as a reserve, 0 of 1 on threes, 5 of 8 on twos. He finished with 10 points, 7 rebounds, including 5 offensive boards, 3 steals, 3 assists versus 2 turnovers, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 25. Right in that fourth quarter that the Wizards won 38-19, played for all 12 minutes and had 8 points on 4-6 shooting all twos, 4 offensive rebounds, 2 assists, 
versus one turnover and a steal. DeLon Wright's plus minus rating for just the fourth quarter was plus 19. Uh, Denny Avdia, 24 minutes, 12 seconds as a reserve. Now, he did not shoot particularly well from the field. 0 of 1 on threes, just 3 of 7 on twos. But he also went 4 of 5 on free throws, and he finished with 10 points, 9 rebounds, including 3 offensive boards, 4 assists versus 1 turnover and 2 steals. And Corey Kispert, 32 minutes, 3 seconds as a reserve, 4 of 6 on threes, one of one on twos, one of one on free throws. He finished with 15 points and three rebounds. He did have no assists versus uh, two turnovers. But overall, very nice work by the Wizards. They, at the All-Star break, are 28 and 30 and are the number nine seed in the Eastern Conference. Four games behind the New York Knicks for the number six seed. Seeds seven through 10 play in the Eastern Conference's play-in tournament for the playoffs. Look, we all know the deal with the Wiz. The ceiling for this team remains painfully low, but the Wizards are playing better. And they, on Thursday night, had an impressive comeback win on the road. All right, so Thursday night was a good night for Maryland basketball, was a good night for the Wizards, but was a bad night for the Capitals. Uh, The Caps now have lost three consecutive games in regulation for the first time in this 2022-2023 NHL regular season. The Caps fell to 28-23-6 with a 6-3 loss to the Florida Panthers at Capital One Arena on Thursday night. And this was a significant loss from a standing standpoint. The Caps and Panthers now are tied for the Eastern Conference's second wildcard spot at 62 points, one point behind the Pittsburgh Penguins for the Eastern Conference's top wildcard spot. The Caps are struggling right now, and they are without a lot of key guys right now, and they may have lost another player. Winger Marcus Johansson on Thursday night left the game in the third period. Uh, Also, winger Alex Ovechkin did not play due to the death of his father, Mikhail Ovechkin. Uh, Winger Alexi Protis did not play due to his wife, giving birth, and the Caps remained without a number of players due to injury. Defenseman John Carlson and forwards Tom Wilson, Nick Dowd, Connor Brown, and Carl Haglin. And by the way, we on Thursday did get a Carl Haglin update. Uh, The Caps on Thursday afternoon announced that Haglin on Monday underwent left hip resurfacing surgery. And if that procedure sounds familiar, it should. This is the same surgery that center Nicholas Backstrom underwent. Uh, Haglin is out indefinitely. He has not played in a single game this season. He, this past October 10th, underwent an arthroscopic surgical procedure to address his chronic left hip. And Haglin already was trying to come back from a serious left eye injury that he suffered in practice nearly one year ago, March 1st, 2000. 22. So what has been a theme for so much of this Caps season, a lot of guys being out continues to be a theme. Uh, the Caps on Thursday night were down 3 nothing in the second period and 4-1 at the end of the second period. And while, you know, nothing is ever as simple as just one guy, Darcy Kemper as a Caps starting goaltender on Thursday night was not good. He snapped just 30 of the 34 shots on goal 
that he faced. The per natural stat trick gave up two goals on low danger shots on goal. He gave up a goal on a medium danger shot on goal, and he gave up a goal on a high danger shot on goal. Goaltending was the Caps' biggest problem on Thursday night because the Caps did do a number of things well. They actually won the puck possession battle. The Caps, for natural stat trick, had 53 5-on-5 shot attempts to the Panthers' 45, including 11 5-on-5 high danger shot attempts to the Panthers' 7. Additionally, the Caps had a good night on special teams. The Caps went 2-2 on the penalty kill and 2-5 on the power play. Centers Nicholas Backstrom and Evgeny Kuznetsov each had a third-period power play goal. Center Dylan Strom had a second-period even-strength goal. Defenseman Eric Gustafson finished with three assists. Winger TJ Oshie had two primary assists. But the Caps were down by quite a bit through two periods and ultimately got ripped by the Panthers. This was Caps head coach Peter Laviolette during his post-game press conference on Thursday night. There's no question that you'd rather play with the lead and come out. I don't think that we came out poorly per se. I thought we were pretty good defensively in the first period. We only gave up a couple chances and we were able to generate a half a dozen or so. But, you know, you're you're right, you're chasing the game. But then the second period unfolds and, again, they, they get it and they sling it at the net and anything can happen from that point and now you're pressing the game. And so the second period for me could have been better and, um, you know, we got to do more. It's not good enough. we got to have better execution there's passes out there that need to be made and um, there's physicality that can be found somewhere in the puck battles and there's the things that we can do better we have to do them better Yes, you do. Next up for the Caps, a game that is outside. Uh, the Caps are at the Carolina Hurricanes at NC State's Carter Finley Stadium this Saturday night at 8 as part of the NHL Stadium Series. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 511. We'll have a lot for you on the Commanders. We hopefully will have a new Commanders offensive coordinator to discuss. We better have a new Commanders offensive coordinator to discuss. Uh, also, on Monday's show, we'll talk Capitals, as we just made mention of. The Caps have a game outdoors this weekend. The Caps play the Carolina Hurricanes at NC State's Carter Finley Stadium this Saturday night at 8 as part of the NHL Stadium Series. And I, on Monday's show, will talk college basketball. Maryland is at Nebraska Sunday evening at 5. Georgetown is at Butler Sunday afternoon at 3. Number 7, Virginia, is home to Notre Dame Saturday at noon and Virginia. Virginia Tech is home to Pitt Saturday evening at 5. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Go back into the self-scout, coming off the self-scout. So as we delve and take a deep dive into the self-scout. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.